on this episode of the Linuxcast, Matt talks about the pros and cons of using Ubuntu. Is Canonical the evil that we all think it is? Yes or no? All that more on the Linuxcast. So, a little tad bit biased against it. I'm one of those idiots who use Arch, by the way. <laughs> I can see some merits to using it. I also think that there's some downsides to using it. So, um, I'm also going to talk a little bit about the effects Ubuntu has as being the predominant distro out there. How that affects the Linux Linux community as a whole. So. Um, Let's go ahead and jump right in. So there are many reasons why Ubuntu is good. After all, it is by far the most used consumer Linux desktop distribution. Uh, some could argue that Canonical and Ubuntu are the reasons why GNU slash Linux is as popular as it is today. Um, I mean, granted, it's not as popular as Windows or Mac, but it has definitely grown over the last few years, and it, the interest in Linux has definitely grown. Um, and you could also give Canonical some credit as to why Linux has grown so fast and so far in the enterprise space as well. Um, despite that, Ubuntu has its issues. So there are reasons why there are so many people who hate it. There are reasons why there are so many people who hate it with passion. Um, so today I'm going to talk about five reasons why Ubuntu is good and five reasons why Ubuntu is bad. Now some of these are pretty similar, so they probably could have been narrowed down into four, but five sounded like a nice wrong number. So the first, I'm going to go ahead and start on the, on the positive notes. Five, reason, five reasons Ubuntu is good. Uh, I'm not going to count down like some crazy list person. Uh, it's So the first reason is Ubuntu is relatively easy to install. Now, I'm doing this in comparison to like Arch or Gentoo, obviously. I mean, for the most part, if your distribution is either Ubuntu or based on Ubuntu, it's really in, easy to install. For the most part, if you know how to install, an ISO onto a USB stick, Ubuntu, uh, you can install Ubuntu really easily. Uh, it's easy to dual boot with Windows if you're going to keep a Windows partition on your hard drive. Um, and it's also, Ubuntu has become the predominant distribution that is featured on more pre-built computers like from Dell and Lenovo and a whole bunch of boutique um, computer builders as well, so like uh, System76 and Pogo Linux and all those. Um, so if you're going to buy a computer with Linux on it, chances are it's going to be Ubuntu. Um, I mean, there, I know there's one boutique computer builder out there that uses Manjaro, um, but they're really very small. So most of the rest of them that are going to put out computers with, with Linux on them are going to use Ubuntu. Um, number two, most if not all apps designed to work with Linux work on Ubuntu. Now, this is kind of a cop-out for, uh, for a reason, because it seems kind of obvious, but chances are if you need a piece of software that runs on Linux, uh, and, uh, it will work on Ubuntu. 
very rarely we come across a, a situation where there's a, a, a program that works on Linux that won't work on Ubuntu. Um, and that's, that's pretty much true for every distribution, um, but there are some instances where it's not true. Um, so one of the, I think one of the reasons why this is, is very true is because it supports both snaps and flat packs along with a huge Ubuntu PPA repo. Um, most of the software is there for you to use. Now, obviously, if it's you don't have a piece of software that's for Linux, like you know, Adobe or something, it's not going to be there. But that's true for every distro. Uh, number three, if um, and this is kind of related to number two, it, it, it's one of, if not the best distro to game on, mostly due, due to support. If you're a gamer, you're probably best off using Ubuntu, and it's for many reasons. Um, and I'll talk more about that in a minute, but. Gaming seems to work better on Ubuntu, and one of the reasons why is because it's really supported. It's supported by NVIDIA, and it's supported by Steam, more so than those companies support other distributions. And, and the reasons why those companies support Ubuntu more than they support, like, you know, Manjaro or, um, you know, OpenSUSE is because Ubuntu is so much bigger. And, and number four is related to the, this, an almost exact same point is because it's so much more popular than other distros, it's supported by the community and by proprietary software vendors like Steam and Video and, and, and NVIDIA more than they support other ones. So, um, like, NVIDIA drivers tend to work better on Ubuntu-based distributions than they do on, say, um, Fedora. Uh, uh, and Steam, it says right in the Steam documentation that if you're going to use Steam, and you're gonna to want to run Windows games on Steam. Chances are you're gonna to want to use Ubuntu because that's the that's the distribution that they built it specifically for. Even though technically you can you can run Steam on other distributions, it just might not be completely optimized for them. Um, and there's you know several other uh, examples of this as well um, that you can look look for if you if you're interested. Um, so number five is uh, it has a huge company behind it. So unlike other distributions like Arch or uh, Elementary OS, I guess which is based on Ubuntu, um, or Manjaro, it had, uh, Ubuntu is, based, is supported and funded by Canonical, which is a huge, humongous corporation um, that's not going to disappear tomorrow. So one of the biggest problems, if you use a smaller distribution, you never quite know if it's going to be around in a year. Um, so, like, I use Arco as my daily driver, which is basically just Arch with a whole bunch of programs added onto it. Um, and it may not be here next year because it's, you know, ran by a guy and, a, you know, a few other dudes. Um, and they might, they might get bored, they might get other jobs, they might lose interest in the project, whatever. I mean, it's happened over and over again in, in several different Linux, Linux distributions over the last five years or so, um, where... Like Antergos was is is a good example. Um, the maintainer of that just decided they didn't want to do it anymore, so it's gone. You know, and if you used Antergos, you're kind of out of luck, right? It just became Arch. Um, and obviously, somebody came and picked up and went to and created an Endeavor OS, which is basically you know a, a reboot of Antergos. But it's one of those things that you risk. When you're not backed by a huge company like Ubuntu, Ubuntu is not going to go anywhere. Even if 
I, I've seen some people say Microsoft's going to buy a Canonical, um, and even if that happens, Ubuntu is not going to go anywhere. Um, and there's there's offshoots of you know Ubuntu as well, um, and those probably aren't going to go anywhere because that's the reason. That, I mean, that's a good uh, that's a good point. The reason why there are so many offshoots of Ubuntu is because Ubuntu has that stability that is guaranteed because it has Canonical behind it. So I'm also going to give a sixth kind of bonus uh, point here why Ubuntu is good. It has a huge, humongous community. So if, if you're just starting out on, on, on Linux, chances are you're going to have questions. And if you start on, like, Vanilla Arch, you know, say some, you're technical enough to have gotten it installed, um, or maybe you're not technologically advanced enough to get it installed, and you go f try to find help, chances are the response to that you're going to get is read the fucking manual. That's probably what they're going to tell you, even if you've read the manual and you're still having problems. Um, those communities aren't necessarily the most helpful for noobs at the beginning. Um, and that's, I mean, it's a shame. But if um, you know you're you're a noob and you're starting on Linux, Ubuntu is probably the one you want to go to with because it has this huge, humongous community that are very supportive. Even the devs themselves, you know. You can get in contact with like Martin Wimpress, um, Alan Pope. Um, all those guys are very visible and very uh, you know approachable. You, know, you can get on their YouTube channels, leave comments, and chances are they're going to get back to you. Same thing with their, like their Telegram channels and Discourse and all those other things. So it's, the community is much more. They're much more willing to embrace new users than other smaller, more niche quote-unquote elite distributions um, alright so let's go ahead and move on to five reasons Ubuntu is bad so when I started this out I thought I thought you know what, I'm gonna have a way easier time coming up with five reasons why Ubuntu is bad um, and it turns out that's not really the case because um, as much as I personally dislike Ubuntu Ubuntu is actually pretty good you know um, and I think it's over an overall positive on the Linux uh, community or the, the Linux environment, um, but there are there are downsides. So I'm going to start off with with where I left off in the last one is it has a huge company behind it because it's backed by Canonical. Um, there's no, I mean, there's not as much community control over the distribution as there are with like. Arch, like it's really easy to get involved, and you know if if you know what you're doing, you can get involved in like Manjaro or Arch or whatever, um, you know, and if you build yourself up into a you know an expert or whatever, you can make a substantive change in those distributions. Um, you'd have to get hired by Canonical pretty much to to do that with Ubuntu, um, but more they're more beholden to. Uh, the corporate mentality of m making money, then like Arch doesn't care if it makes money. They just want enough to support you know their servers and their their developers. Canonical needs to make a profit, um, so that maybe leads to a little bit of distrust of some cons some users because it's you know ran by a corporation. I'm not necessarily one of those people, but it's something to think about. Um, now, the next one I have is kind of related to that. Um, I, have, I have it titled, Lack of True, true Choice. Um, 
whatever Canonical and the Ubuntu desktop teams decide to do, basically, that's what's going to happen. Um, they're not as beholden to the community as another, you know, smaller distributions are because they have this grand, this much larger user base. Um, they can afford to make unpopular decisions because they're not going to lose the, that that uh, user base. So, like, um, when they switched away from Unity and went to GNOME, um, th that was a, a controversial decision in, in some ways because why didn't they choose KDE? Because... I think it would have been better if they chose KDE, personally, because I like KDE better than, you know, um, even if I can understand why they chose that. Um, so, basically, what they say goes, and that can be kind of a prickly issue for people who are interested in choice. Um, but, on the contrary side to that is that they kind of do offer everything else with the Ubuntu flavors. Um, you know, if it was just Vanilla Arch and you were stuck using GNOME, first off, just shoot me now. GNOME sucks. Uh, <laughs> but the, those flavors kind of cancel out the, the argument of the lack of your choice thing. Um, Alright, so the third one I think is actually the biggest one that I have a problem with. Is that they're so focused on the Snap Store. Now, I can understand the interest and the benefits of having a, a universal package management system that goes through and can work across every distribution that supports it. That's the dream of everything. I mean, because for years we've had fragmented package management systems. You know, Arch has Pac-Man. You know, uh, Ubuntu had uh, has um, you know apps. Uh, you know, all these all the distributions they all have their their package management systems, and you know it's. And not only do users have to learn how to use them, developers have to package for those package managers as well, and that's not great for software. So the idea behind the Snap Store is great, but the Snap Store itself is not open source, um, and that's not that's not good, for, uh, you know, because when an open source company fails to open source something, it makes you think there's something wrong with whatever they're doing. Now I don't think there's actually anything wrong with you know anything sinister going on. I just think that it's weird that it's not open source. Now, snaps themselves are open source, but they're hard to get in there and, and um, audit. There, there's a reason why the Linux Mint team has gone through and said that they don't like snaps, because it's hard to audit those package softwares because they're containerized and secure, and quote-unquote, you know, quote-unquote. Um, so it, it really... It worries me that they're focused so much on the Snap Store to the exclusion of other things. Um, now, they needed something better than PPAs. PPAs are horrible, and that's that's actually going to be number four. So we might as well just go ahead and jump into that. Uh, despite the how good the Snap Store is technologically in packaging, you know, software packages and distributing them. Uh, PPAs are still things that people use, and then not only are they not secure, but they rely on the community to update them, and that's not a good thing. It's and they're all over the place. So it's basically like Windows. You go to a website and you download this .exe file, and that's basically what PPAs are. Um, um, so yeah, I I don't know why I think 
as an Arch user, the idea that there's one singular place for you to get your your software is is a good one. So like, I personally think that every distribution should use the AUR. I think that screw snaps, screw flat patch, just everybody adopt the AUR, and we'll be all all be very very happy. Um, but I mean, the AUR has its own problems too, and we could get into that in a, in a different episode. Um, but snaps just seem proprietary to me. It, uh, because their uh, canonical is pushing them so hard, um, you know, and the old Snap Store is not open source, and it feels like it's all being in the fist tight control of canonical. Um, it, it just worries me that it, it's just too proprietary. It just feels not within the you know, Linux ethos or whatever. Um, and it just worries me. Um, so we kind of talked about the, the fourth one, which is PPAs. Um, and the fifth one is kind of uh, superficial, I guess. Um, if you're the kind of person who enjoys having the latest hardware stack and hardware support, or you're the person who needs the, or wants the latest version of uh, Plasma or whatever, um, that's not necessarily something you can do run Ubuntu because it's not a rolling release. Now, rolling releases have their own problems, obviously, but um, they do allow you that access to um, the latest software, which can be something that you know a lot of people you know, enjoy. It also makes it e that access to the latest software also makes it easier for developers to test their software because. If nobody's using your software because they have to wait for the next Ubuntu thing to, you know, upload, uh, you know, update, uh, you know, it's harder to get, you know, get bug reports and all that stuff. So, overall, is Ubuntu good? Yes, I think overall, Ubuntu and Canonical are a net positive on the Linux experience, the Linux community. Um, I think it's a good starting point for most noobs in terms of, you know, starting for Linux, uh, getting on Linux. I don't think it's an ending point for anybody. Unless you're, like, you're really deep inside the Snap Store or you just happen to really like the way Ubuntu does things, I guess. Um, but most people, uh, maybe not most people, I guess, because the, <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking... Most people should start with Ubuntu and then branch off into other distributions and find out what's, you know, what they want to use and what one's best. Um, and if that's Ubuntu for them, you know, fantastic. Um, and I think that's the way it should go. But really, people who get into Linux get on Ubuntu and, and stay on Ubuntu. Um, and that's great. It's not for me. Um, but... I, I think overall that's good. Um, it, it, it worries. So there are worrisome things. Like if Ubuntu wins, I mean, which is dumb. I mean, it's not a competition. Arch and Gentoo and OpenSUSE and Fedora—they're all going to be here tomorrow. They're all going to be here a year from now. Um, but let's just say Ubuntu won, and it's the only Linux distribution you could have. It'd be a little worrying that they're the 
that distribution is basically controlled by a corporation that has corporate responsibilities and it will eventually go public and will be responsible for, you know to their shareholders and stuff so that's a little worrying i think that's the reason one of the reasons why i don't use ubuntu other than the obvious reason which is it doesn't have access to the aur so that's you know that's the reason for, for me to not um use it at all now one thing i will say this is ubuntu is very stable if you use the lts versions so um, if you're running mission critical, you know, things on your computer, things that, you know, it just has to, has to work, um, Ubuntu is probably the best way to go. Um, now that's not to say that you couldn't do that with Arch, because I mean, I have an Arch system here that's been around for a year, never crashed, none of that stuff. Um, so I mean, Arch could do that, you know, Fedora can do that, and OpenSUSE can do that, it's just, with the LTS versions of Ubuntu, you seem to, you know, you just know it's going to work. I think that that's one of the things that Ubuntu does really well is if you can get it, so once you get past the installation of it, um, if that succeeds, you, chances are you have a system there that's going to work no matter what. So, good on Ubuntu. Um, I will continue to use Arch-based distros forever because the AOR, but if you're a, uh, a new Linux user, Ubuntu's the best, way to, best place to start. So, I talked for a good 20 minutes. Granted, most of those were ums and long, dramatic silences like Kirk and... Yeah, Kirk. <laughs> you can notice I really know my Star Trek. Um, that, was, that was... Now I'm going to sit here and try to think of what that guy's name was. William Shatner, right? Yeah. See? I, I, I'm a good science fiction guy. Anyways, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at the LinuxCast on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash LinuxCast. I'm at MTWB. Um, Ricky will probably join me for the next episode. I've been doing kind of off and on, back and forth, switching of uh, ones because he's a very, a very busy fellow. Um, I am trying to do a better job with the audio uh, editing. I'm not sure whether or not that uh, I will succeed. But we'll see. Anyways, we'll see you next time.